Amen. Shine Church, Amen. welcome Pastor Rob Painter. Hey, good morning. Man, I tried to carry all this up and I almost lost it there. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Good to see you guys. You guys having a good, uh, good Sunday so far? Anybody else get snow here? Yeah, we did, we did too at our place. We did. Got a few inches. <laughs> how, how much did you guys get? How many inches would you say? Three or four? Yeah, that's what we got. Yeah, it's good. No, I mean, seriously, some of these places, they get so much more. Anyway, that's pretty much my message. No, uh, <laughs> no but welcome to Shine, and I uh, thank you for the opportunity to be able to share a few thoughts from the Word today, and we have uh, just started a new series. Pastor DJ last week started a, a new series. We're calling it The Root of Jesse, and he did an awesome job of bringing that whole idea in, and so today I want to continue with that, and I'm going to share with you what I'm calling the idea of being grafted into that and understanding that from a New Testament perspective. And I'm going to jump around a little bit with some scriptures, so um, bear with me with that. I, I tried to reduce it down in, into some simple things. And so I'm going to have some points to ponder and some scriptures for you to think about, and I'm encouraging you to go home and let the Lord speak to you about that too. But I want to remind you too about version. Uh, it's That's where my notes are. Our notes are always in version. If you have that app, you can go there. And we are now live, and you click on the events, and you'll see it pop up, and you can follow through there as well. But uh, before I get started, I did have a little story I wanted to share with you guys. Um, well, it's, it's, I read this. Apparently, it's during the Christmas holiday, and this guy um, ran into an old friend. You know how you f find friends from your past and all that? And apparently, this guy, uh, his friend had been losing his hair ever since high school, so he was completely bald now which is, you know, that happens to a lot of guys. But this guy always carried a pocket comb for some reason. And his friend noticed that. They're having eggnog the other day and, uh, you know, over the holiday. And, and he said, man, I just got to ask you, you know, you don't have a lot of hair left. Why do you still carry a, a pocket comb? And the guy said, I, I guess it's because I could never part with it. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? That's a good joke. Just a little tough to Harry. Couldn't, couldn't get it. Oh, man. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. I know it's been different. And, uh, you know, I just had this thought, too. As we're going through this, I just want to encourage us. I felt the Lord, we were praying about this as a staff yesterday, to continue to pray for those of us. We're all being affected by the COVID in some way. But there are some people, man, that have really been struggling with this, and they're hurt and they're lost, and they've lost loved ones. And just to continue to encourage you guys to continue to pray for, for that, because I, I believe it's going to lift, but man, it's been wild. Isn't it? Just different. And some of us on one spectrum are thinking, man, just I'm so sick of it, and I know I've been there. And on the other side, it's, it's, I, I, you know, it's, it's all this worry. And somewhere in the balance of it is I feel the Lord just saying, man, just continue to pray and seek me and pray for those around us. So... Just, and I know we have been. I just, want, I just felt led to ask you guys to continue to do that. Um, I'm going to pick up here in Isaiah chapter 11 and just read the first two verses. This is what G DJ brought to us last weekend and opened this whole series up with. So I just want to read that to you and, and kind of set the framework for it. Chapter 11 of Isaiah in verse 1, it says, Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. 
And think about that word as we go into the New Testament, bear fruit, bearing fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today and that you gave us your word that we might understand you, understand it. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, it pierces through our minds and what we think into our spirit. It separates and it brings life. So we ask you to, to do that today as we read your word, as we read about you. Open our hearts and we open our eyes and our ears, ears to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that is the beginning scripture of being grafted in. And this is a picture, I believe, of Jesus. And he's talking about Jesus in a prophetic sense. So when I'm talking about being grafted in today, we're talking about grafted into the root of Jesse, grafted into Jesus, essentially, and what that means. So in the New Testament, now if you flip back over to 2 Corinthians, this is a great scripture that brings this to light, and there's many. This is uh, Paul, and he is saying something here that is very important. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and he says this. Man, I had my paper in there, and I took it out. He says this, and, and um, so I just want to, th this is familiar scripture, but when, when you, oh, I know why, because I'm reading it, and I didn't read it in Amplify, that's why. I got this amplified. By the way, this is a parallel Bible. And if you, don't, if you haven't heard of this, that's why I couldn't find it. I'm looking for it in this Bible. It's in this Bible. This is, some of you probably know about it, but it's a great tool. It's a parallel Bible, so you can get two, two different versions right next to each other. And when you're studying the Bible, that's very, very cool and very helpful. This, in mine, I have the King James Version uh, with uh, the Amplified. So you can see it right next to each other. It's really a great tool. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 16. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. So he's opening our eyes to spiritual things here. Therefore, if any person is engrafted, engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Man, that's good news for us. And here's the thing. And I think you guys know this. There is no, it doesn't matter what your pedigree was or is or any of it. You could say that, man, God, it does, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know, I believe he does and I believe he knows it all. And when we believe that Jesus did what he did, the moment we believe that, we're engrafted. And all these old things change. And it's all brand new. And, and I believe, I was thinking about this last night, I really believe that God has drawn us, as soon as we're born, man, he's drawn us to himself. It's all over. He's speaking all the time. I really believe that. We just have to tune in. It's like this, and I've said this before. Do you guys know what K-Love is, right? You've heard of K-Love, the radio station? Is it playing right now? DJ, you haven't heard of K-Love? 
I can't believe that, dude. Uh, is it playing right now? I don't hear. Son, is it playing? See, he even knows. It does till one in the morning. Well, here, I don't hear a thing. Do you guys hear K-Love? Not right now. Why not? Because we don't have it tuned in. I mean, it's simple, but I believe that's the truth. If we tune in to the Holy Spirit at any moment, he will speak to us these wonderful things. And he's drawn us. I, I was, I've shared this before, but man, I was just thinking about all these little, little episodes in my life that I know that I know God was drawing me to himself if I just would have tuned in a little more. And even if I don't tune in, I can still go back to that moment and he'll, he'll show me where he was with me. Did I ever tell you the story about Luann Canoco, my radical Pentecostal babysitter that I had <laughs> growing up? Man, she was wild. She loved Jesus so much. And, you know, my parents got divorced and I'm, my dad had to go to work. And so she would come at like 5 o'clock in the morning, man, and wake me and my brother up and get us ready for school. Luann Canoco. And every time she came, she'd share Jesus with me. Every time. Oh, man. It's just precious, you know. And, and I just, my brother hated her. <laughs> and she'd take me aside and say, do you know Jesus, God loves you so much and Jesus died for you. Do you believe that? And I was like eight or nine. And, uh, and I said, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess I do, you know. And she'd still... Take me, and then she invited me to her church one time. You know the big old Assemblies of God churches that have the almost like the run raised down to the main thing. You know, you know what I mean? Awesome. This guy preached this sermon, and he said, I, and "That song is I Come." You know that song? And man, I'm, I was like nine years old, and I just started crying in the crowd. And that was another point of God just drawing me in to bring me back to a place of being engrafted in Christ. And I, I did. I ran up front, and I didn't know what I was saying, probably, but God did. The Lord knew my heart. And then fast forward to when I was 19, that's when I think I really understood for the first time the love of God because it says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance, not condemnation, not all the you could die and go straight to hell. There's, that's true. There's truth to it. But that's the reality is his kindness drew us, drew me. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? I do. So all that to say, he's drawing us. He's speaking all the time to graft us in, to show us these things. So the first point I want to make in this is we are grafted into a family. All, ultimately, we're grafted back into, when we talk about this, into the tree of life. Now, if you go back to Genesis, there were those two trees, right? And if you look through Scripture, once, once man fell because of, not just because they ate some fruit and got sick and died, God was simply saying, I'm life, you're in my life, I'm the creator, the moment you try to get life outside of me, you're going to die. And it's interesting, I think I shared this one time too, he said, in the day you eat of it, you know, in the Scripture it says a day is of a thousand years to the Lord, Adam lived 950 some years, and then physically died. But spiritually, he died the moment he thought he could get life outside of God. All of us have that in us, and God is calling us and graft, wanting to graft us back into this tree of life. And you will see this tree throughout Scripture. It starts in Genesis, and then it finds form in Revelation chapter 22 again. You'll see the tree. 
It's amazing. So what's in Old Testament is concealed, much is concealed in prophetic words and different things. In the New Testament, it will be revealed. And so the point of this message is it's revealed in Jesus, and he's great. he wants to graft us back into himself. So I'm going to go now to Romans chapter 11. And again, I, I encourage you guys to look these up yourself. And I'm just going to pick out a few key verses. The whole chapter is talking about this idea that Israel, God's chosen people, disobeyed. They, they uh, fell away from, from what the Lord had. And because of that, the grace and mercy of God has now come to the Gentiles. And we can be grafted in. So pick it up in verse 16. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root, there it is, the root is holy, the branches are too. Jesus is the, the root. But if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive, this is Paul speaking to the Gentiles, were grafted in among them and became partaker with them of the rich or the fatness of the root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant towards the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. Amen? You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. Fear the Lord. So, as you look at Romans chapter 11, I'm going to give you now some points to ponder about this scripture and uh, about this whole verse, all of these verses. And I, sh I should have said this first, but, uh, but I'm, going to, I'm going to do it now, and I want you to just think about these points. Through Israel's trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles. That's verse 11. So think about that. Through their trespass, salvation has come to us. Because the root is holy, so are the branches. Thank you, Lord. The root supports us, verse 18. This is something the Father has done because of his kindness, verse 22. God's heart is to graft Israel back into their own olive tree, verse 24. God's plan is so big. He wants Israel, the, pe the ones who have fallen, God's chosen people have fallen away. They're all, he wants them all to come back and be grafted back into what his original plan was. God's plan includes all, verse 32. We are grafted in because of his mercy, verse 32 again. And then his plan is very deep, and the, it's unfathomable, the riches and mercies of God in verse 33. So I encourage you to go back and look at Romans 11 about this grafted in. So the first point, we're grafted into the tree of life. We're grafted into a family. We're adopted into the kingdom with all the rights and privileges of being a son or a daughter. The second point I want to say is we're grafted in to be fruitful. And here are the points I want you to ponder, and then I'm going to read you the scripture. Jesus is the vine. The Father's divine dresser. We're going to look at John chapter 15 in a moment. To abide means to tarry, to lodge, not to depart from, to stay with, remain, continue. Grafted in involves one plant. I want you to think about this. Think about this picture. One plant needs to be punctured or pierced in order for the other plant to grow from it. And Jesus was pierced and punctured for us. So the picture here. In a plant, that takes time for that grafting. The picture is it's pierced, it's punctured. But I believe, and I think you guys do too, the moment we believe in Jesus, we're grafted in. Instantly. 
But it had to happen. It, it can only happen because he was punctured and pierced for us. And he, he did that because he loves us. Fruitfulness is a natural process of abiding. The fruit doesn't have to do anything, essentially. It just grows. And Kim was sharing this with me last night. It was so insightful. Most plants, it grows in clusters. And you know what one of the most amazing things about fruit is the th one of the things they found in natural fruit that causes lack of fruitfulness or poor fruitfulness, do you know what it is? Well, that's part of it, pruning. That's really good. That's true. But it's the number one reason is poor pollination. Now, the picture I want you to see is that's a picture of community, in, in other words. That, that's us. The pollination happens with bees, right, in the natural plant world and other insects, and they climb in there and get all that pollen all over their little <laughs> booties and stuff. <laughs> Do you ever see those close-up pictures of bees, man? They got just big sacks of pollen all over them, and they fly back. Thank God for bees. And by the way, I just thought of this. You know the word bee, right? Are the, are the two E's in that word silent? <laughs> I, think about that. <laughs> it just hit me. That makes sense, doesn't it? They're silent, by goodness. It just made this kind of hit me. <laughs> bring me back, Lord, bring me back. I'm coming back. Sorry. Those little thoughts just take me off on a tangent, man. I'm like, are they silent? They are silent, by God. All right. Um, we're grafted in to be fruitful, and the fruitfulness happens because it's abiding in the vine. Everything the fruit needs comes from the vine. That's what I think Jesus is saying here. You abide in me, that just simply means remain. It's nothing you have to do other than choose to stay and let me be the, pr the producer of the fruit in your life. I will do it. I will do it. All the fruit needs is brought to it from the vine because it's part of the branch. Um, and here's the, the, the best fruit, and we'll see this as I read. I'm going to highlight a few of these verses for you in John. The best fruit that I believe that Jesus is referring to here is love. From, from, and he, essentially, God is love, right? That's one of his essences. He is love, it says in 1 John chapter 4. Therefore, the fruit out of our lives, and this is what I believe he's saying in, in John chapter 15, abide in me, remain in me. You can produce nothing without me. Just stay. I'm doing this through you. And then he says, love, love, love. It's mentioned nine times. The word love is mentioned nine times in verses 9 through 12 in chapter 15 of John. Love. Love one another. He says in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. And then he goes down and talks about love. Love, that's the greatest fruit, I believe, of, of what he wants to produce. And I, I said this last night, I, and I, I forgot to mention now, it's coming back to me, but in, in Genesis, it's interesting. This is just a theory of mine. I think it's accurate. There were those two trees, and then there were four rivers. You guys know the four rivers in, coming out of Eden? The number four scripturally represents a number of things, but one of them is the four corners of the earth. 
the four corners of the world, all parts of the world. So I believe that God, in his heart, if you go back, you're grafted back to the tree of life. His intention from the beginning was to export that fruit to the ends of the earth with his relationship with us, with mankind. That's what it was. And the, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the, the creator of the universe created this beautiful world out of chaos, all this order, and then he says, I want to ship it out. And that got twisted, as we know. But thank God, when we're grafted back into Jesus, you'll see it come back in Revelation chapter 22. The tree is there again. And it's all made new because of Jesus. All right. The third point I want to make. So that point was we're grafted in to be fruitful. First one, grafted into the tree of life. Second point, we're grafted in to be fruitful. Third point, we're grafted in for God's namesake, not ours. And I want to go to Ezekiel chapter 36 to show you this because this is especially encouraging. And I'm, again, I'm going to highlight just a few verses, but the essence of this is in verse 22 all the way through 30, chapter, uh, uh, verse 30. In verse 22, he says this in Ezekiel, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but it is for my holy name. See, it's for him, man. It's, it's because of him. And we play a part in it, but it's for his name's sake. Verse 26, Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and look at this, and cause you to walk in my statutes. It's all these I wills, these I wills is part of being grafted in for his namesake. He is the initiator. And there's a few points I wanted to share. God initiates, and we can respond. God initiates, he initiates. This is a reference, I believe, to the new covenant of him putting his new the whole new covenant in, into us through Jesus. He makes it. He initiates it. There are, I think there's 14 times that the phrase, I will, is mentioned from verses 23 through 30. I will, I will, I will. So here's my point. What's our part then? If it's all God doing it, what do we do? Be a vessel. Let him speak. Be, be ready to, to listen and to be led by that. He grafts us in for his namesake, and then he makes us fruitful. He makes us fruitful. There's a phrase I, I thought of as I was reading and thinking about this. Because I am, thinking about the Lord, therefore you are. I will, therefore you can. He's the initiator. He causes us to walk in his ways. We simply need to be willing to do it. And I don't know about you, but I've strived to try to do that. I've tried to. So I, but if, he, if, I believe, if this is really what, what's true, which I believe it is, he will cause us to do it. We don't have to try to figure that out. We just have to be the fruit. I believe this question has been asked of me many times, and I'm probably of you as well, but what is God's greatest purpose for his children? Have you ever heard that question? What do you think is our greatest purpose? And these are all right. 
I, and I, this is just the way I see it. But some people say, man, I think it's to serve. That's a great purpose. I think it's to, to, to obey God. Great purpose. To love God. To glorify God. All those are right. But I believe if you boil it down, here's what I believe is his greatest purpose for, our children, for his children. And that is this, to reveal his life in and through his son and to reveal his son in and through us. That's the essence and the fruit of being grafted into Christ. He lives in you, through you, as you. And we say that a lot around here, but man, that's, I think that's an important thing to remember. And I just want to close with this. This is in Hebrews chapter 1. And I'm going to, again, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets, but in the last of these days he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the riches, the reaches, excuse me, of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Now, the language used here, he's talking about the revelation of how God speaks to us through his son now. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying of radiance of his divine. And he is the perfect imprint in the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Man, what a, what a wonderful picture. Lord, we thank you for this time. I, I just pray, Lord, there's a lot of scriptures, a lot of things that we talked about today, but I, I just ask you, Lord, that you would speak to each of our heart about the beauty of being grafted into you, grafted into the root of Jesse, the blessings that come from that, but the revelation, Lord, that you are doing amazing things in and through your children, producing amazing fruit in and through us, and it's all for your namesake. We thank you, Lord, that you love us that way, that we can be partakers of this here and now, and that we can live with you in eternity. And we love you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for coming today. Hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you, uh, we'll see you soon.